Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire, episode 262. Today is Friday. Praise the Lord. Love Fridays. You guys know me. Favorite time is right after work ends on Friday and into Saturday morning. It's just like, mm, man, heaven's going to feel like that all the time. It's going to be awesome. Um, so today is July 7th, 2023. Like, follow, subscribe, all that good stuff. If you're new here and you're like, whoa, where else do you stream? We stream to YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Rumble, all under the banner of Elijah Fire. So if you type in Elijah Fire, and any of those will pop up. Um, yeah. So also, if you guys are listening on Spotify, make sure to follow the Elijah Fire podcast. Rate this. If you guys are listening on the app, that'll really help us out. Also, we're on Instagram and TikTok. We haven't talked about that in a little while. It's on in our little countdown, but sometimes, you know, it just you're just sitting there waiting for it to start, you know. Uh, but if you go at Elijah Fire Show on Instagram or TikTok, follow us over there. That'll really help us out. We post reels so you can revisit some of these amazing episodes, little little bite-sized chunks. So, um, and you can share them too. Wow, how about that? Um, also guys, yesterday I mentioned, um, that there's a Facebook group. There's a, a woman I've been talking to over the last several months, year. I don't know how long it's been. I didn't check. It's been a while, but, um, her name's Karen really, really great. And she was writing me and she was like, Hey, she's like, is there a resource for like to track these revivals so people can go to them if they want to? I said, not that I know of, I've never, you know, and so she, we would talk back and forth and she kind of voiced it. I think once or twice, I can't remember. I said, you know what, Karen, I think you're, you're supposed to do it. She's like, oh man, I was afraid you're going to say that. So she's been actually diligently trying to track different revival things that are happening and posting them into a Facebook group. And the other day I was, um, I just felt God's God's delight over her diligence. Um, she's someone that doesn't have a whole lot of time right now. Um, a lot, a lot happening in her life. And, and um, so managing a page like this um, is a real sacrifice. And um, I just felt God's delight. And then all of a sudden he was like, I want you to promote this on Elijah Fire. And I was like, and I think a lot of people could really benefit from it because it's, it's about coming alongside. Because once I tell you and I direct you to this page, now it's on you. Now you also can participate in adding in and recommending and all that stuff. So it's called Revival in the USA. There is a link to the group in the description. You open the description under stuff we talked about. First off, you will see Harmony's book just below that. Just below that is the link to the Facebook page. So it says Revival in the USA. You can click there and uh, join the group. And um, she's saying, share on your pages, post events that you know about in there. Um, like I said, her free time is limited. So really coming alongside her, for those of you who are like, oh, yes, that's amazing. So there you go, guys. There is now a Facebook group that can catalog these amazing revivals. You know, yesterday we had Josh and Victoria on and they were talking about their Just Jesus event. That's a perfect thing to, I mean, God's doing a lot right now and he's just getting started. So very exciting times that we're in. And I just thought this was a great resource for other people to rally behind. So again, I will do my best to remind you at the end of the episode as well um, to check it out. Click the link, go there, join the Facebook group, partner along with Karen. She's great, has a great heart. Um, 
So yeah, good stuff. All right. Um, I feel like there was one other thing that I was going to say. Oh, yes. How could I forget? I'm going to say this one more time. All right. I said it yesterday. I'm going to say it one more time. Go see, please go see Sound of Freedom. Uh, you guys know I'm super passionate about the, the issue of human trafficking. Uh, my wife and I have done a lot in that arena over the years in raising awareness, especially my wife. Um, but also for those of you, go see it this weekend if you can. Um, we want this movie to do well. It already beat out Indiana Jones, you guys. Like, that's amazing. And the the interesting thing is this. Get a load of this. I just found this out. My friend Jim, you know, Jim James in the 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 uh, live chat. He's a good friend of mine. And he and I were talking last night. And he said that Disney actually owned the movie. And they refused to to release it. So they sold it to Angel Studios. And now it's beating out Indiana Jones. Come on, dude. I love it. Uh, I just think that's great. I was like, serves them right for like, you know, you know, you know what Disney's been up to. Um, so please go see this movie. If you guys are tight on cash, go to angel.com slash freedom and you can actually claim uh, free tickets. My wife and I paid it for, for some, you know, a couple of tickets. So if you do go with one other person, you can just pretend like, Lauren and I bought you tickets to go see the movie. So uh, please, please, please go see this movie, you guys. Super important. And also, again, I'll get on my soapbox for a second. I talk a lot about excellence as creatives who are Christians. Excellence is so important. And we've been so focused for many years, been focused on message and just thrown uh the way we're communicating that message to the wayside. Cause we're like, ah, oh, no, but, but people are very visual and visuals do matter. And this film is a perfect, perfect example of excellence on all fronts, right? So you have the message. Yes, that's, but that's one spoke of a wheel. Then you've got acting, you've got cinematography, you've got direction, you've got music, you've got all these different elements that work together and when they all work together, they actually form the, the function that they were meant to fulfill. But if we, uh, if we abandon all those spokes of the wheel and we just focus on one, we're greatly hamstringing the reach of that message. And so this is a perfect example of a film that um, it just meets on all the different levels. It's expertly crafted on, on all levels. And so the, as a result, this movie, watch, this movie will go far. It's because they recognize that. And I wouldn't even say that all the people involved are Christian, but it's, it's a message that's very much on God's heart and watch him bless this message and take it far. Um, so I think as we move on in the body of Christ and, and as more creatives enter into these different mountains, we're going to begin to see what I'm talking about. We're going to begin to see it on greater and greater and greater levels. Sound of Freedom is just the first fruits of many many, many, many things to come. So uh, please guys go see that angel.com slash freedom is how you can purchase tickets. You can also purchase them on Fandango now, which is amazing. We want this movie to stay in theaters as long as possible to get out. I just, sorry, I'm excited about this because this is like my field, you guys, you know that. Um, Variety.com, big film um, review site. Um, they actually gave it a good review. And they were like, you don't need to be, you don't need to be a uh, conservative to watch this. This is actually a really well done film. And I'm like, awesome, awesome, awesome. So 
more of that, Lord. This has been a huge answer to prayers, decades worth of prayers. Um, and this is just the beginning. So I'm just really excited. So please go see that movie if you can. You can. I'm actually thinking about going and seeing it again because I just was, it's a, it's really, really well done, you guys. So, all right. Um, we've got a great message today from my guest, Harmony. Um, we love her around here. We love Harmony. Don't we love Harmony, everybody? We love Harmony. She's great. I'm just like trying to get her to like all, you know, rosy before we bring her in. Uh, <laughs> so um, this is going to be a really, really important message. You guys, a really great message. Some of you have already maybe seen her posted on social media, but for those who have not, it's really, really important regarding the body of Christ right now and the call that's on them. So uh, my guest, she's a teacher, she's a minister, um, really, really anointed within the mountain of family, which is something we obviously need. She's fostered many, many, many children um, and adopted some of them as well. So uh, she's also the founder of the amazing resource, Kitchen Table Kingdom, which is all about raising your kids up right, parenting them from the kitchen table, Let's give it up for my guest today. Oh, we got a good show today. Let's give it up for her. Carmody Klingenmeyer. Harmony, hey. Oh my goodness, Jeff. You're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was feeling it. I just, I'm, I'm just, I'm excited. I'm excited about what God is doing. So me too. Yeah. We're starting me to see too. shifts in different industries. Yes. Pushing back against um just nasty agendas and yes. you know, I'm just excited. I'm excited. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. You know, um and really the message I have to bring today is all about understanding what is on God's heart and caring about and investing in what is on God's heart mm. and being about our father's business and not about the business of building dynasty or building um, human kingdoms. Even when we slap a Christian name on that kingdom, um, it is about hearing, knowing, being intimately acquainted with the heartbeat of Papa God and then uh, being about the business of making his heart manifest in the earth. Yeah. And so the movie that you're promoting is absolutely, uh, it's caught the wind of the voice of God. Hmm. What is God speaking? What is yeah. God declaring? And what is God has, what has God released his power against? What is God for and what is God against? And God is breaking the back of uh, of slavery. Mm. He's he's dealing with the issues of of slavery. And I, I, for those of you who are looking at where I'm sitting right now, you're like, what is going on with Harmony? She's in a she's in a vehicle. Yes, she is. Because I'm in massive transition and there's no Internet at my new house yet. Mm -hmm. And so um, I am in transition like many people are in transition right now. Um, but the entire body of Christ is called to transition right now. Mm. We're called to walk away from the structures, the formats and formulas of dead religion and embrace what the Holy Spirit is doing in the earth today. Hmm. And it, it does not look like or sound like what we, we did in the last season. 
we cannot, we've said it very much so since COVID, we cannot return to church as usual. In fact, the church pre-COVID no longer exists. Right. Yeah. And so there's a new agenda in the spirit realm. And I've come uh, with the permission of, of Jeff and uh, this amazing team and Elijah Fire Leadership to bring a word of encouragement, a word of exhortation, I would say, um, a strong word to the body of Christ. And if you're if you're up for it, Jeff, I'll just jump right in. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> well, actually, really quick, I want to ask because I'm not sure if it, it'll it'll work its way in if I don't do it now. Um, because you said that the church is in transition. Do you feel like? Because sometimes when I was talking to someone else about this today, but as we tra- we transition in multiple points in our life, right? You're moving mm-hmm. from one place to the next. Mm-hmm. There is that constant sense of motion when we're following mm-hmm. the Lord. Um, yes. You know, that could be one month here. That could be 10 years here. And then, yeah. you know, you move on, right? But we're right. always moving forward. Um, when 2020 happened, there was a very defined shift and it was felt by a lot of people even if they weren't aware of what was happening yet Mm -hmm. do you feel like what's happening in the message you're sharing is a part of that transitions that that's happened are we now do you feel like even that three-year window that we were in 2020 to now was Mm -hmm. we had transitioned into a certain period do you feel like we're transitioning now into a new arena or is Mm -hmm. it all part of the same transition Well, what I see is, um, for example, in 2020, um, just sort of to start there, God did a, a, a deep cleaning. You know, when you, you clean something sort of like we do chores every week and it's a surface clean, but then sometimes we've got to do a deep clean. Mm -hmm. And I feel specifically that God did a deep clean of the prophetic movement in the United States starting in 2020. He uh, corrected the prophets. He redirected the prophets. He moved the prophets into a season of repentance, renewal, and unification, where the apostles and the prophets came back together in real unity over the nation. In fact, we really, before 2020, I mean, we had prophetic movements here and there, but did we have a unified apostolic and prophetic council of the United States? No, we didn't, but now we do. And from this apostolic and prophetic council is coming now new vision, coming now a new word, a new direction Mm. from the place of unity. And we're hearing some very specific things, some very important words being released over the body of Christ. And I really do believe uh, humbly that what I am sharing, what I'm called to share in this season is part of what God is asking of the American church from its new position. The American church does not look like what it looked like three years ago because it was a cleaning time, a cleansing time. The water of the Holy Spirit came rushing in. It looked like a flood. And it brought purity to the word of God that was coming out of leadership. And now there is, uh, like I say, new vision. Where is the church supposed to go? 
What matters to God? What are we called to focus on? And I do believe humbly, I say it humbly, and I submit it to, you know, my own church fathers and to the church fathers in general and mothers in general, uh, that God is revealing um, he's a lot of times he's not in the building. Mm-hmm. He is with the hidden people. Mm. He is on First Nations reservations. Yeah. He's in foster homes. He's with the orphan. He's with the Hispanic community that the church is not meeting their needs. He is with the hidden people. Mm. And I believe if we are going to uh, really see revival, we're going to have to be about our father's business. And he's not always in our buildings. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying he's not never there, okay? Hear my heart in this. I'm not saying he's not never there. He definitely is. But you know why he's there? He's there to call us out. Mm. He's there to inspire us to leave. Not leave in the sense of I'm offended and I'm going to leave the church. Not leave in the sense of I'm not going to attend regularly. Because we do not want to neglect the gathering together of the brethren. However... The spirit of the living God is going to inspire his children to go where others are unwilling to go and to minister to people groups that have been invisible, that have been unimportant, that have been a burden, that have been deemed insignificant or an irritation. (laughs) God is asking us to prioritize what matters to him. And it isn't our hour to an hour and a half service on Sundays. That is his major priority in the earth today. Hello. Mm, Yeah. His priority is the, you know, six, seven billion people on the face of the earth who are dying, even as we speak, even at this moment, there are people passing from this earth who have not had the gospel preached to them because we have not stepped up and done our job. And that's not a comfortable word. It's not a word, right? It's not a word that a lot of people want to hear. Right. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Yeah. But I appreciate that. I appreciate a word that is uncomfortable because the appropriate response to that discomfort is action. Like if there's conviction there, the appropriate response is action. Because if you do the thing that we tend to do in the West, especially is to go plug our ears and go la 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 or make ourselves forget because it is uncomfortable. Uh, It's the pebble in the shoe. Well, like don't, the more you, you try and forget the pebble in the shoe, it's just going to like, hello, you're going to be like, get this thing out of my shoe, you know? So yeah. the appropriate response is action is, is not ignoring it. Yes. The appropriate response is action. That's so powerful. What you're saying there, brother, mm. it's, 
it's about, you know, when the Lord speaks to me, I always ask two questions. And the two questions are, what should I pray? And what should I do? Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. There's something that God wants me to declare in the spirit realm that will go before me like a, a bulldozer like a plow in the spirit realm to prepare for my action, but it does not end with the declarative prayer, with the prophetic prayer. That's just the beginning of the work. That's where it starts. And then the next question is, what are the steps you're asking me to take to to accomplish this kingdom work that you've called me to do? And, you know, all of this begins with sight. It all begins when we allow the Holy Spirit to open our eyes and see what is happening in the earth today, which is not pretty. It is not, um, you know, cushy. It is not uh, enjoyable. It is, there's so much brokenness. You know, I'm thinking right now, and you've had her on your show, so you know how powerful she is. Uh, Genevieve Skidmore and Mm -hmm. her amazing husband, Kevin Skidmore, working to bring healing and restoration to the First Nations. Um, And I'm thinking about their work where children, the children that they raise at the Naomi house, then go out into the system that still exists, that's still broken, and then they die in that system. They commit suicide or they are murdered on the streets. And so then the mothers and the fathers who loved them and raised them bury them. And is the church talking about that is the church talking about you know the the poverty and the and the i mean the suffering of the hispanic community who you know within our states within our cities are are um afraid to come into the church building because if they walk into a church building and they're not properly properly documented the church will more likely turn them into the government than preach the gospel to them. Hmm. And what is our job in the earth today, friends? Is it um, to be political? And I'm not saying, you know, there, there's important political issues that we need to confront. So please hear mm-hmm. my true heart when I say these words. Our primary job is not to be political. Our primary job is to win the lost and to see kingdom family birthed in the earth. And the whole entire reason I'm talking about this right now is because God has anointed me to confront the church. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, I was very scared to open my mouth and to be honest about the pain that mm. I saw in these communities. I was, um, you know, 
well, how will the church receive me? How will, you know, will they hear me? Will they hear my heart? Will they hear my love for them? I love the church. I love it. I love the people of God. I love Sunday worship. I love, um, you know, singing together and hearing the word of the Lord preached. I love the church. And I, I never want anyone to feel condemned or rejected by me. So this is, again, I want every person that's listening to the sound of my voice to hear the true heart that I carry for -hmm. the body of Christ. I have come to a place where I recognize that confrontation is a form of mercy because it offers the opportunity to repent and to return to the ways of the Lord. And so I'm asking us to rise up out of our comfortable pews, out of our, out of our, you know, hour to an hour and a half service on Sunday, out of our American church format and formula. Even, you know, come on, even the charismatics, we love them. I love them. I am one of them, right? But even we have our ways of doing things that we are so attached to. And God is saying, I'm doing a new thing. And that is, would you go and sit with the broken? Would you become uncomfortable? What if I called you into darkness you know nothing about? What if I call you to confront incest, abuse, uh, you know, generational trauma, uh, addiction? What if I call you to confront um, spiritual abuse from the pulpit? What if I call you to say, the hard thing to the people that I love. Uh, will you be brave in this hour? Will you rise up and use your voice? And and so, uh, you know, this is also me saying, if you're one of those people, which many of us are, um, you're not alone. You're not alone if you're on fire and you don't know what to do with it. Hmm. You're not alone if you want to storm the gates of hell and you're you're a little bit concerned that maybe the gates of hell are closer to home than you thought mm. right i'm with you if you need to confront a, a family member a generational iniquity a a toxic relationship a a spiritually abusive pastor i am with you if you are the one to stand up and say you know if we have a problem with the public schools we should probably transform them instead of condemning them i'm with you if you want to hold the church accountable i'm just crying right now mm-hmm. I'm with you if you want to say, you know, the only ones who are alive on the face of the earth are us. We're the only ones alive. Would we hold the dead accountable or would we hold the living accountable? Hmm. I'm with you if you would rather uh, confront the religious who, who are supposed to know God, who claim to know God, than those who are who are blind and they know they're blind. I'm thinking of our LGBTQ community and our transgender community. And so many of them have experienced tragedy and abuse beyond what can be described. And 
rejection and abandonment by those who were meant to love them. And I'm with you if you're ready to walk into those environments and literally love the hell out of people. <laughs> I'm I'm yeah. with you if you would rather, you know, go and sit with a homeless person than attend church. And again, I'm not saying you should not attend church. Church is important, okay? But I'm with you if you're disgusted by religion. I'm right there with you. Because religion is not the answer people need. What people need is a living Christ. (sighs) A living Jesus, the man who walked the earth, who raised the dead, who healed the sick, who saw prostitutes as valuable, who allowed sullied women to touch him. I'm with you if you want to see the real Jesus stand up on the earth today. And if you have encountered him both in the, in, I've encountered him in the four walls of the church. Absolutely, I have. But I understand that there's a whole billions of people who will never set foot in a church. They're never going to come. So what do we need to do? We must leave our comfortable buildings and go where they are. Mm. Amen. Mm. Yeah. Well, I felt that. (laughs) Yeah. Because I do think, I think the thing that I keep going back to, um, again, you know, I've been doing a lot of like analyzing things that like bad things happening and going, well, why, why is there such a focus on this specific thing? Whatever it is and going, clearly it's hell's response to whatever heaven is doing. Um, it's not the other way around of like, well, what's God going to do? And, and <laughs> I think, uh, specifically the issue of a lot of millennials have left the church, right? There are a lot of millennials, uh, and, and as a result, a lot of Gen Z, but a lot of millennials who've left the church, a lot of millennials who are no longer following the Lord. And now that I'm looking at that, I'm like, that very well may be a hijacking of something that God himself is prompting within the hearts of people is turning them away from finding a solution within a singular building and going, and obviously Satan is trying to hijack that and going like sending them down all these wayward paths. But it goes along with what you're talking about, Harmony, of, of, I really do believe that, that the desire to look beyond the church walls and go like, I'm so passionate about Jesus. And honestly, too, that was, you know, 15, 20 years ago was a very dangerous ideology to have. But now people are actually getting that place of like, man, we need to be going out there. We need to be going out and beyond the walls of the church. We have to. Yeah, we we have to. We have to. And, 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 you know, one of the things the Lord spoke to me about, um, you know, I've, I've spent a ton of time studying the apostolic age and the age of the church fathers, the first and second and third centuries. And one thing the Lord spoke to me as I was studying was, you know, the church began to die when it left the home. Hmm. This is a, this is, it's a hard truth. God, I don't know that God ever intended us to have nice buildings. (laughs) 
I'm not sure that was God's intention. I think what God intended was the transformation of the family into the image of the Trinity and that a generation of children would be given birth to who would know the Lord because their parents mirrored him to them. I truly believe when the God, when the church bega- became a, a club where people left their homes to go and attend a church, instead of drawing in the lost into their family units, adopting them both naturally and spiritually, bringing them into a kingdom understanding of family, a kingdom understanding of relationship within the walls of the home. When we abandoned God's original design, which was the family, and we began to mirror the world's government instead of God's original design. Mm, yeah. Then we began to see the church die mm. instead of flourish and thrive. Mm-hmm. You know, what's so interesting about the fivefold ministry is that the fivefold ministry mirrors the family. Every family is called to have an apostle, that's a father. Every family is called to have a prophet. That's the mother. And every family is called to have a passel of evangelists, pastors, and teachers. <laughs> Those are the children. Mm-hmm. The fivefold ministry mirrors the family because the church is meant to mirror the family, not the other way around. As I've said many times, God did not create the church in the Garden of Eden to reflect the Trinity, He created the family. So what do we need to do? We need to go back to God's original design. And if you look at the book of Acts, what you see is that the church met in homes. And more often than not, those home churches were pastored by women. Hello. There was a powerhouse woman in Philippi. Her name was Lydia. And she was the first European to get saved. And directly after her salvation, she invited the men of God to come and stay in her home. And then they were arrested. Now, by the time those men of God came out of prison, there was an entire church in Lydia's home. How do you think that happened? That mighty woman of God gathered those who were her family and her friends, and she preached the gospel she knew to them. A simple word that she had received from Paul and Silas on the banks of the river in Philippi. She spread to her family, her husband, her children, her cousins, her aunts, her uncles, until the house was filled with the church. So that when Paul and Silas came out of the prison, they already had a church that was ready to receive them. That was the work of one woman. Her name was Lydia. Mm -hmm. And this is the way that God intended the church to operate. It was meant to be birthed out of the home and spread across the earth. Home fire after home fire after home fire would be started and cultivated. And this would transform cultures. This is how we see Rome Christianized. How do we see it? Not through big churches with big buildings. I'm pretty sure that doesn't work. 
I think we've tried it, right? We have buildings, even big buildings where thousands and thousands mm -hmm. of people gather, right? But how about the city where that church is located? Is it transformed? How about the government? Is it kingdom? How about the school systems? Are they kingdom? Then it's not working. Because if you look at how the original church reproduced itself, it was from house to house. And what ended up happening was complete cultural takeover by the kingdom of God. That is the story of the first and second and third century church. Complete cultural takeover and it was not in buildings so i believe the lord is calling us to confront something and that is the americanized version of church and wow. christianity that is yeah. not biblical it mm -hmm. is not rooted and grounded in the ancient path of scripture it does not reflect what those mighty baby Christians did in the book of Acts, all, every single one of them was a baby Christian out there on the street, performing signs and wonders, winning souls and getting um, martyred for the gospel. We don't reflect them. Mm, no. And we must confront this Americanized Christianity. Because if you look at the book of Revelation, my good friend Audrey talks about this. Audrey Frankel, you've yeah. heard it a few times. The, 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 the problem is we have become lukewarm. We have wanted God to be created after our image and after our plan, our format, our structure. We want to sing the songs that we like. When, when sometimes God just wants the church to sing, oh, blessed is the flow that makes me white as snow, but we're going to sing every song under the sun, no matter what the doctrine is in those songs. Yeah. Right? Because we want to tickle people's ears. Hello, we need to confront yeah. American Christianity mm. and call the church back to a living faith that produces radical action and transformation in culture. Mm. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, jump into the um, part of your word about like, these are the days of the judges. <laughs> yeah. You've been going through judges and <laughs> clearly, and there's some real good stuff in there. So why don't you just jump into that? Cause it's real good. Yeah, I think I think what everything we just shared was so like the fa it's the foundation. Why is God calling us to confront? Now we know, you know, this is what God is really doing. Um, and it, the reason is, is because the church looks just like Israel in the days of the judges. And what's so interesting is that Israel in the days of Jesus looked just like Israel in the days of judges. Okay, so this is a cycle we see repeat over and over again. And anytime you see this happen in culture, anytime you see this, and I'm about to describe it to you, which is described in Judges chapter one, you see this in culture. What you also see is a massive release of the messianic anointing of confrontation, the table turning anointing. So if we look at Judges chapter one, what we see is that the children of Israel, I'm going to pull up my Bible right here. So we're in Judges chapter one, and I really encourage anyone who has their, their Bible to open and look at verse 
19, which says this. Let me find it. So the Lord was with Judah and they drove out the mountaineers, but they could not drive out the inhabitants of the lowland because they had chariots of iron and they gave Hebron to Caleb, as Moses had said. Then he expelled from there the three sons of Anak. I'm going to change my version just real quick. Because there's this powerful phrase. I think it's in the NIV. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. Yes. Okay. Skipping down to uh, verse 21. The Benjaminites, however, did not drive out the Jebusites who were living in Jerusalem. To this day, the Jebusites live there with the Benjaminites. Now the tribes of Joseph attacked Bethel, and the Lord was with them. And then we have a description there of how the um, the tribe of Joseph dealt with those who were living in the land. And then we have in verse 27, it says, but Manasseh did not drive out the people of Bashan or Tanakh or Dor or Iblium or Megiddo and their surrounding settlements for the Canaanites were determined to live in the land. Okay. Now we've got, we're looking at, um, Verse 29, nor did Ephraim drive out the Canaanites living in Gezer, but the Canaanites continued to live there among them. Verse 30, neither did Zebulun drive out the Canaanites living in Ketron or Nahalol. So these Canaanites lived among them. And then if we look at verse 31, nor did Asher drive out those living in Akko or Sidon or uh, Alab or Ixib or Hilba or Asek, or Rehob. The Asherite, the Asherites lived among the Canaanite inhabitants of the land because they did not drive them out. Verse 33, neither did Naphtali drive out those living in Beth Shemesh, etc., etc. This is, this is very powerful. Yeah, this, seriously. See the parallels, word. everybody, to today? You see the parallels? Mm -hmm. So fr friends, like what, what was the instruction of the Lord? Wipe them for, out. Wipe them out, annihilate them. Actually, it says in Deuteronomy, I am calling you to annihilate these people groups that were living in Canaan at the time. And you might think to yourself, that seems rather harsh. It does to me as well. But you know what? If you look at what those people groups were doing i mean Horrible this is a stuff. oh my goodness yeah uh but 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 listen to the lifestyle okay in the in the canaanite nations worshipped ishtar and baal and molech and anyone who's read the book return of the gods by jonathan khan will know exactly where i'm going with this okay they worshipped the god goddess Ishtar, who had the power to turn a man into a woman and a woman into a man. Ishtar was one, according to her own writings, the, the priests wrote this about her, that had the power to make a man love a man. Wow. 
this is <laughs> yeah so <laughs> this these are the the people who practiced child sacrifice so Moloch was the god who accepted children um as as their sacrifice babies usually yeah. it was very common um for children to be sacrificed in canaan and and so this is these are the people that are they're raping children they're murdering children they're um castrating young boys and making them serve as prostitutes but it's just rape in in the the uh, ishtar temples um uh, under every tree on every hill under and under every tree this was going on and god said that my judgment is coming upon these nations purposefully in order to cleanse, to purify this land where I'm going to plant my people. And he, in the book of Deuteronomy, warns the children of Israel. He said, you know, it's not going to be, um, it, it won't be because the Canaanites um, are so good to you or they there's no attraction there the, the Israelites weren't necessarily attracted to their lifestyle instead Moses makes it very clear he says it will be because of your full bellies when your bellies are full you will turn away from me when you are comfortable you will forget what I rescued you from and this is exactly the situation that the American church is in. We are comfortable. We are blessed financially. We are blessed with, with beautiful buildings and homes. And, you know, I, speaking of myself, I have never once had to worry about a meal. I have never once in my entire life been hungry, except for when I was fasting. So I chose that. It was never forced upon me. I don't know what hunger really is. And when our bellies are full, we forget the God who rescued us from the, the depths, from, the, from darkness. It's easy to forget, you know, when I, when I am judging others. It can be easy to forget that I was addicted to pornography for 20 years. Yeah. Papa will never let me forget, so that's okay. But it, it's when we're comfortable, when we don't need him anymore, that is when we are susceptible to idolatry. And this is the exact situation that the, the, the Israelites found them in. They came into a land that was flowing with milk and honey. They came into a land that was full of blessing, full of good things. And God has given us a land. The United States is a land of good things. There's so much blessing here. But we have forgotten the God who rescued us. We have forgotten the God who, who took care of us. And we also have forgotten those who don't know his goodness yet. In our comfort, we have forgotten that there are those who are very uncomfortable. Yeah. And, 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 and we're called to bring them the comfort of the Holy Spirit. So what did God do in the days of the judges and in these days? He sends 
his correction. He sends his redirection. And that really, God used COVID to redirect the church. He didn't do it on purpose. He didn't make COVID happen, but he used COVID to bring the church back to himself, Mm. to remind the church, your building is not the church. Whether you meet there or not, the building is not the church. Whether these physical doors are open or not, the church is still alive and well. Think about the church in China. Is it less alive because they have to meet underground? Probably more alive. Probably. Okay. Driving more. Same in Iran. Say it. Say it. These, These people are seeing God face to face. These people are seeing incredible creative miracles. They're seeing the dead raised. Why? Because they need God. They are not comfortable. They are outside of their comfort zones. So God allows circumstances to arise in our lives that drive us back to him, that cause us to need him again and to cry out to him again. And that's what we see in the judges. And that's what we saw in COVID. That's what we see. Even the prophetic movement itself in the United States, there's a great outcry right now. Everyone is pressing in, running after Jesus. Jesus, we want the real you. We want to know you. We want to prioritize intimacy over performance. We're done with man-pleasing and idolatry. We're hungry for you. Why? God allowed the fire to come. God is dealing with our apathy. And it's a good thing. It's a massive blessing. It is not bad to be uncomfortable. And if you're in the midst of fire right now and you're going, this isn't fun at all. This is really hard. Recognize God is in the midst of your fire as he was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He revealed his glory in that moment. One, like the son of man walked in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He he showed up as God. He manifested his power when he was needed. Do we need him in in africa where they don't have the convenience of medicine where they don't have the convenience of western medicine and doctors healings are happening all the time why because god shows up where there is an outcry in the spirit realm where there is the sound of the weeping of women and children as it says in the book of jeremiah call for the weeping women call for the weeping women call for those who will cry out day and night for a move of god we will not be satisfied until we have you jesus this is when we see god move this is when we see god move we see it in exodus when exodus when uh, god came to moses 
He said, I have heard the cry of my children under the oppression of Egyptian taskmasters, and I will surely rescue them. I will surely pull them out of their slavery. The question is, will we cry out? How much pressure will it take? How much, how much, how much fire will it take, Church of America? Before we really begin. Now, there are centers of this happening all over the United States. People are crying out. But I want to see this trickle down. I want to see it invade denominations. Oh, yeah. In January, right before Asbury broke out, and I, I knew I was going to share this, I prophesied on Elijah Fire that God would bring revival to the Methodists. And then Asbury broke out mm -hmm. on a Methodist yeah. uh, campus. God wants the denominations. The question is, will we cry out? Will there be a movement of judges? Will those with fire in their bones rise up in this hour and say, enough is enough? We were never meant to live alongside principalities huh. we were never meant to tolerate what we were anointed to annihilate wow yeah. we have become comfortable with the lazy oppression of principalities <laughs> yes <laughs> yes they don't even have to work very hard to oppress no. us because the second we feel pressure we're like Oh no. And then we just kind of roll over rather than going, hang on. My God says, you know? Yes. We're called to confront them. You know, the, the main question is why are we so intimidated by those whose judgment is already sealed in the third heavens? Why are we so silent against those who are already condemned? The principality's fate is sealed. Why are we so afraid to confront them? And when I ask the Lord these kinds of questions, he, you know, he answers me. He's wonderful to answer when we ask him questions. He said, daughter, you know, the, the main two issues is complicity and intimidation. So the church, unfortunately, many times we're aiding and abetting the enemy through our silence, through our tolerance, and through our agreement. You know, when, if I've got, I'm just going to use myself as an example because it's all about me. It's not me looking out at everyone else saying, you're the problem, you're the problem, you're the problem. The Lord is saying, look, yes. say that again, brother. You're not, you're not exempt from this. That's what you're saying. Yeah, that's right. Each one of us has to examine our own hearts. 
and see where we have become complicit, where we have given up our authority and come into agreement with what is not God's agenda. So in my life, that's definitely rejection. That's been the one that has tried to dog my steps, tried to torment and torture me over the course of my life. And so every single day I have to start by submitting my thought life to the scrutiny of the spirit and the word. Papa, come and show me where I have patterns of thoughts that I have clearly yielded up my authority to rejection or abandonment or anger or perversity. Whatever it is in your life, you get to do allow Holy Spirit to come and examine what's happening between these two ears. Okay. That's where the authority exists and that's where it's yielded up. It's not, you know, it's not when. It, let's use an extreme example, okay? We we think the the man or the woman who uh, utilizes child pornography is a monster, mm-hmm. and oftentimes they do monstrous things. Although God loves them too and wants to see them redeemed and restored, that's hard for me to say out loud, but it is also true. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He he wants to save even the pedophile. Ooh, that's hard for me to say, but it is also true. Okay, and so um, we think uh, the moment that a person purchases child pornography, knowing that a child is being assaulted on the other side of that pornography, um, he becomes complicit or she, but it is the, the vast majority is men. He becomes complicit in the rape or torture of a child and in that moment yields up his authority to the principality of perversity. No. That authority was yielded up between his earlobes long before. Hmm. And that's where we must start. If you're struggling with self-hatred, you need to understand something, brothers and sisters. The end of self-hatred is suicide. And you don't yield up your authority to the spirit of suicide the first time you try to commit suicide. You yielded it up when the thought, I am worthless, came Mm. in and you did not break it at its root. Wow. When you did not stop the thought, my life has no value in its tracks and sent it back to hell where it came from, which is what we're called to do. That is when we yielded up our authority to the enemy. It begins in our thought life. So what am I calling for? I am calling for the confronters. Those who are willing to confront a thought life that that is not in agreement with what Papa God says about you. Those who are willing to use their mouth, first and foremost, to confront where we have yielded up our spiritual authority to principalities. Hmm. Because the only reason we should be afraid of the principalities is if we have something in common with them. That is when they say something to the effect, Paul I know, Jesus I know, but who are you? Hmm. And then they beat you up. Okay, that's what they did with the sons of Sceva. Why? Because the sons of Sceva were not carrying self-authority. 
They weren't in agreement with Jesus as Lord, Jesus as King. But when you have, you know, I see it as a fortress with a certain flag flying over the, over the fortress, okay? What we need to do is run up the right flag. What we need to do is switch our allegiances so that Satan gets the message. We are no longer in agreement with him. And we are about to confront him, not from a subjected or submissive position, but from the third heavens Mm. where he is under our feet. Mm. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now, back to the show. And this process is actually very simple. It just looks like repent, renounce, and replace. Mm. Repent. If you, if you recognize your eyes are open, come on. Thank you, Jesus. If your eyes are open, friends, when God began to open my eyes, And show me where I had yielded up my authority. Oh my goodness, it brought so much freedom to me. Oh, I see that. I see those thought patterns. I see where I'm constantly going through the same cycle of rejection and abandonment. Because it's not in the moment that the person rejects me. It's in my thought life. Hmm. The issue isn't that person. It's the fact that I believe... I deserve to be rejected. I believe lies Mm -hmm. about myself. Oh, Papa, I ask your forgiveness for partnering with the spirit of rejection. Thank you that I'm not rejected. I'm seen and known and loved, and you're embracing me right now at this moment. Thank you that I'm seated with you in heavenly places, and you've given me authority over rejection. I receive my daughterhood from you right now in Jesus' name. And then from that place, you confront what has been tormenting you. And as you practice self-deliverance, the Lord begins to build within you the authority and the power to confront Not just the little demon that's trying to harass you, but a stronghold over the generation. Mm. That is what God is doing in the earth today. Today is the day of the self-deliverance minister. Mm. Where each one of us is called to walk in daily deliverance of ourselves, of our spouses, of our children of the environments into which God sends us, every single demon is going to be running for the hills because I am on the scene yeah, <laughs> carrying the Trinity and nothing. I, I mean, when that thing comes at me, I just say, um, excuse me, you and I have nothing in common. I bind you in the name of Jesus. You may not operate in my vicinity. And then over time, see, this is a process that we begin to walk in. Over time, the Lord begins to show us what the principalities are doing over the region. And he says, now, son, now, daughter, I want you to confront this principality. I want you to repent for something that's happened in the land. And I want you, just like you would in a personal way, now you're going to repent for a region. 
Now you're going to repent for the blood, the innocent blood that's been spilled on this land, and you're going to have the authority to dethrone that principality. This is what God is doing. It is as in the days of judges. Will we sit by and let the principalities just continue to take up space that we are called to occupy? Or are we going to confront them? We all need to get a little bit, I'm just going to say it, we need to get righteously angry. Yeah, we do. Right? Like, I'm thinking of, you know, Gideon. You know, when the angel of the Lord comes to Gideon in Judges chapter 6, it's just fascinating to me. The, the angel of the Lord says, the Lord is with you, almighty man of valor. The first thing that um, Gideon does is argue with the angel <laughs> of the Lord. And he ignores the compliment altogether. He's like, I don't need your compliments. <laughs> he says, if the Lord is with us, why did the Midianites get to run all over our land? If the Lord is with us, why are they allowed to rape and pillage and destroy our crops? We're hungry. If the Lord is with us, why is all this going on? And you know what the angel of the Lord says? He says, that's it right there. That's what I need. I need that. I need that confronting spirit. Hmm. I need that confrontational mantle. I need a man and a woman who aren't afraid to ask me hard questions. Because if they're not afraid to ask me, they won't be afraid to ask their brothers and sisters. If they're not afraid to confront me, they won't be afraid to confront a principality. If they're not afraid to ask me the hard questions, they won't be afraid to use their voice in their generation. God wants a confrontational people. He wants a people who will walk into the, uh, the temple courts as Jesus did and gather up some cords and turn it into a whip and overturn the tables and say, you will stop turning my papa's house into a den of thieves. Enough is enough. God is calling us to confront what has been allowed to silence the church, to make the people of God impotent. I will not stand for it any longer. And I'm calling for an army who are willing to say the hard thing. I'm calling for the Jeremiah's. How many weeping prophets are out there? How many of us are willing to say, you know what? Sunday service is just not good enough for me anymore. I need Jesus every single day. I'm not going to wait on the youth pastor to raise my children or to teach my kids about God. Instead, I'm going to confront the godlessness of this age by discipling my own children. I need a people who will say um, the D word does not come out of my mouth and it's not going to be said in this house in the name of Jesus because I break the back of the spirit of divorce, the spirit of division that would come against my marriage. Marriage is forever and nothing is going to come between me and my spouse. We need some Gideons, some people who will get ticked off in all the right ways. So that God's house can be the place of power 
-hmm. transformation, cultural revolution that it was meant to be. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Harmony. (laughs) Oh, man. I hope that wasn't too hard. (laughs) No, I think it was just enough. I think it was necessary. Like I said, everybody, this is a very important word that us as the body of Christ need to really start looking at, you know? Uh, again, going back to Sound of Freedom, because that's where I'm at right now, Harmony. Yes. Uh, but there's a line in it. There's a character talking to the character, Jim Caviezel's character, Tim Ballard. And he says, when God tells you what to do, you cannot hesitate. And that really, it just kind of stuck with me because there's stuff that, quite frankly, I've been sitting on or tiptoeing around that I'm like, there (laughs) there needs to be no hesitation, you know? Come on. Come on. And so I've been doing a lot of, you know, repentance and just looking at just how I've handled certain instructions the Lord has given me, you know? (laughs) So this is something that's on... You know, I mean, I've been, I pointed out, you know, there comes a point where, okay, deliverance, yes, repentance of things that maybe you felt like you could get away with, whatever. Like, there's been this whole thing God has been taking us through, but it's like, okay, but now, like, we can get comfortable in that place of, of, because it is very introspective and it is hidden and it is, you know, but there does come a point in every believer's life. The early church very clearly illustrates this. I would even, I would even parallel the, the early church with what the church in the underground church in China, the underground church in Iran. There comes a point where you need there, there, you, there needs to be action. There needs to be something that you step out rather than like, okay, more introspection, more introspection. Right. Oh, I just need to work on my. I need to work on how I'm going to tell my testimony. So I'm going to spend another two years hiding away and all this stuff. There comes a point where we need to actually have the rubber meet the road yes. and actually move forward. And and some of that, a lot of that is going to be confronting what you're talking about, Harmony. And so this is just a word that's really, I just felt very like, I know it's resonated with me. I know it's resonating with other people that are listening. This is a r- very necessary word. Thank you, brother. That yeah. it means a lot to me because yeah. to be honest, it's a, it's a hard word to deliver, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I know I'm, I'm being really vulnerable, which I think is, is, is part of our, what God is doing in the church is that we're not going to pretend anymore. You know, we're not gonna, we're not going to hide anymore. Um, yeah. Instead, we're going to be honest. And my whole life, I was belittled for being confrontational. Mm-hmm. my whole life i i mean i'm just i i've got this fire in my belly mm-hmm. and i'm 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 burning for for the things that matter you know when i was young it was my elders i i wanted to spend all my time with people who were older than me and and my the people my own age you know they they didn't have any respect didn't have any value didn't have any mm-hmm. honor for my elders and i just that that burned me so deeply it made me so righteously indignant 
And I would confront and I would say things, you know, like the value of our elders and the value of spending time with them. And it didn't make me popular. And for a lot of things in my youth, in my teens, and, you know, there have been times when I stood up for, for women. I stood up for ministers who were who just happened to be female, and 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 that didn't make me popular. And mm-hmm. there's been times in the public schools that I wasn't popular. And there's been times I've been belittled, and, and I was even called a, a menace to society because I'm pro-life. And, I mean, there's just—and I've come to a place where the, I have— yeah. Sorry, someone said that to you because you were pro-life? Yeah. The irony of that statement. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And it was someone close to me. And that's, you know, the grief of that to be rejected by people you deeply love. We must become the Jeremiah's of our generation. Mm -hmm. We need to understand that Jeremiah was not sent to the, the Gentile nations. Jesus had very little to say about the Romans. He had very little to say about the pagan uh, practices. He was there to confront those who thought they could see, those that thought they knew God. And I'm sorry, friends, I, I, I have walked on the reservations. I have been sat with the broken. I have held a mama who lost her kids, and I have held the children who were raped and abused by um, their parents. I have loved on both sides of this issue. I, and I know Jesus is with them. Mm, yeah. Jesus is with them. And, and he is asking us to, to be the solution. And you know what? We're not just called to confront. We're called to go out and be the solution. We're called to be the one that answers the phone at midnight. You know what? The church is only open, you know, three days a week, nine to four. And and a mama's little boy trying to commit suicide at midnight, who's going to answer the phone for her? We have to be the church. And and if we claim to see, we better be seeing those that Jesus sees. If we claim to see, we better be sitting with those that Jesus is visiting. That's what I'm asking. I'm asking each one of us, and I'm starting with myself. Begin with me, God, where I am blind, open my eyes, where I am spoiled, Hmm. (laughs) pampered. Um, God, teach me to be generous. Teach me to be generous in a way, in a supernatural way. I have so much. I'm so blessed. God, teach me to see those who are in need. Yeah. And not to judge them or to reject them because, you know, we, we like to say people who are, are poor or impoverished or homeless, you know, they probably brought it upon themselves. But there's just so much judgment mm-hmm. and so little love, so little compassion. And I'm calling us to be the solution, not just to confront or to point out what needs to change, but also to to bring the answers and to walk with the broken. Yeah, man. Well, Harmony, why don't you pray? Why don't you pray for people? Yeah. Cause I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> oh, daddy, God. Oh, daddy, God. You love so well, Papa. And you know what, Papa, you love us so well that you're, you're willing to 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 show us where we've we've missed the mark. Yes. 
you're willing to to uh, reveal to us to open our eyes god to our own uh lack of obedience our own lack of gratitude god our own judgmental way of thinking our own a lot of times it's at the root of it lord jesus it's self-hatred and because we've never allowed you to love us as you truly do with the supernatural love that is limitless in the same way we have not we have not loved others because we do not truly love ourselves because we do not truly see our own value in the spirit realm this has hindered us from loving others as you love them. And God, we want to walk in supernatural love. We want to be the solution. We want to be your hands and feet, God. I I pray right now for a release yes. of the confrontational mantle, God. Mm. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would open our eyes to where we have become comfortable with the principalities where we have learned to tolerate what we were called to annihilate god i pray that you would reveal it to us in our hearts first god that we wouldn't look at our pastors or or our leaders or the national church and say they're the problem no god i pray that we would look at ourselves that we would allow you to reveal to us where we have partnered with the enemy, where we have come into agreement with a, an agenda that is not from you. Uh, but won't you come and start with me, Jesus? Come and, and start with my heart. Oh, God, right now, I speak over, I I just see, I see a few states in the spirit realm. I don't, you know, know in the natural who's listening to this right now, but I see a few states. I see a state on the Eastern uh, seaboard right now. Uh, and I hear the Lord saying over the East Coast. Mm-hmm. I hear the Lord saying over the East Coast. I see a, a network of of bright and shining light of stars that burn like like the stars in the heavens but they're cities you know like when you look at the united states at night uh when you look at it from a satellite and you can see the brightness of the cities and i hear the lord saying my spirit is being poured out on the eastern starboard i will deal with the root of religion I will deal with the root of the python spirit on the eastern starboard, says the Lord. And true revival, rooted in the home, rooted in fathering and mothering, is coming forth on the eastern starboard and will sweep over the United States. There is a purification coming to the body of Christ in this hour. And the python spirit is being broken. The spirit of religion, the spirit of control, the spirit of of, of spiritual abuse is being broken on the eastern starboard. It is a place of beginning, a place of birthing for the nation, says the Lord, as I began in the 13 colonies to birth a nation. 
I will begin in the 13 colonies to break the Python spirit that has twisted itself around the teenage church of America. You may see yourselves as full grown, says the Lord, but you have not begun your adult years. <laughs> there are things you can learn from the Coptic church of Egypt, says the Lord. There is suffering that the church of the Middle East has experienced that the church of America knows nothing about. But I will break the Python spirit, says the Lord. And I will cause you to breathe again, Church of America. Your lungs will expand again as I cut the head off the python spirit. You will no longer be crushed and I will deal with denominationalism at its root. Mm -hmm. I will deal with the independent spirit. I've called you to be unified wow. in this hour. I've called you to serve one another, says the Lord. To not be about your own agenda, but to be about my agenda. What am I saying about the American church? Where am I moving? Where is my spirit alive and well? It is in unexpected places. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Papa. Thank you, Papa. Thank you, Papa. Father, for when we have partnered, and I speak regionally and nationally right now, by apostolic authority, where we have partnered with the Python Principality, the spirit of religion over the United States, Abba, we repent right now. We repent on behalf of the national church for our addiction to denominations, God for a new church on every street corner when God has called us to be unified. Mm -hmm. Jesus, we rise up in repentance and ask you, God, let your spirit come back to the church of America. Let your spirit be poured out as it never has been before God. We don't want you to do what you've done before God. We want you to come and do what you intended all along. Come and do a great work. Let the United States be a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden, that shines with the light of the gospel. Jesus, we repent for partnering with religion and control and manipulation and false signs and wonders, God. We long for the true outpouring of the supernatural, God. The dead raised, the arms and the legs growing, oh God. Translation in the spirit, but it starts with the simple gospel being preached from our pulpits, from our homes, from our kitchen tables, God. And so we repent on behalf of the Church of America and Lord God, we ask you, we ask you to do a work in us, Jesus. Jesus, we pray in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Man. Hmm.
Yeah. Yeah. I just see, I have a word of knowledge. Um, I see some, uh, first I saw the lower back and then I, I saw some, the hips and I, I feel like this is for somebody listening specifically who has chronic pain in their lower back and hips, but I also see it ooh, <laughs> as a word for the church. God is moving in the reproductive organs, mm. in the kidneys of the church, the purification uh, uh, organs of the body of Christ. Yes. Yeah, um, and I hear the Lord saying, I'm dissolving spiritual kidney stones right wow. now in the church of the United States. And the kidneys are going to work again. The weeping prophet is the kidney of the church, says the Lord. The weeping prophet reminds us that God has called us to a simple gospel. And it purifies our motives. It purifies our bloodstream so that we run with God so that we carry what is of Jesus and not what is of the dynasties and kingdoms of men. Wow. Yeah. So if that, if that word is for you, if you are struggling with kidney stones or you have chronic back pain and in your hips, I just right now release the healing power of God over you. Yes. And um, we would love for you to comment and just let us know if that applies to you. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Yeah. Whew. Thank you, Lord. <sighs> yeah. Skip one said all of that I receive. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Man. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, Harmony, tell people how they can get your book. What Tell people, those that don't know what Kitchen Table Kingdom is, because it's really good. Very important. Very needed resource. <laughs> Thank you. It is um, primarily a parenting curriculum for kingdom homes it's if you are a parent a grandparent a foster parent an auntie an uncle a youth minister or a children's minister you volunteer at the boys and girls club or you work in a school this is for you it is all about reconnecting to the heart of papa god first and foremost for adults that we would understand the nature and character of god is family and then from that place being able to raise up a generation of apostolic and prophetic leaders who will infiltrate and transform culture that is kitchen table kingdom and if you're like i don't know how to talk to my kids about sexual intimacy i have two chapters that are all about talking to your kids, introducing different topics from zero to 18. So I really encourage you, if you are an older of the older generation, buy one and give it to a young family. Um, this is meant to start a revolution right from home. So, mm. and you can get my book on Amazon 
or you can purchase it on my website. And if you do go to heartheirvoices.net, which is my website, um, you get a signed copy of my book that comes oh, directly from me. So, yeah. Also, we did a teaching series with Harmony and my sister Jen hosted it. Uh, and uh, it's it's you can watch that too. It's uh, I think we did like five parts. We did a bonus episode, so there's like five parts in there. Really, really good. Even if you aren't a parent, talks a lot about identity, and there's a lot you can get out of it. Even if you aren't a parent, um, so uh, really, really, really good stuff. So if you want to hear more about that as well, get her book, but also please buy her book, but also watch the series the teaching series that we did with the ledger fire so you can look at you find that in the playlist tab on youtube scroll down you'll see it um harmony also how can people follow you because you know you're barking this new journey this new this new thing <laughs> moving to another state yeah you can find me on facebook and instagram um on facebook you just look up harmony m klingenmeyer there's only one of me and i'm out of friend requests so please go on my public page harmony m klingenmeyer author and speaker and follow me there and i'm sharing words prophetic words for for people and for regions and the nation regularly now and so you will be edified and lifted up you can also find out the different events that i'll be speaking at by going to my facebook page mm, awesome well harmony this was amazing thank you for being vulnerable and also brave in stepping out and giving a message that is uncomfortable to to deliver you know so thank you thank you so much for the honor yeah. of bringing the word brother and for being mm -hmm. a a safe place for mm -hmm. people like myself yeah to uh to share what god is saying mm. well you are most welcome you know so um everyone have a blessed weekend on monday we've got jennifer martin back we were talking, I know we just had her on recently, but we were talking backstage and we were sharing about some unique ways that uh, God speaks. And we got really excited about it. And we're like, let's do an episode about that. Cause um, you know, it, it's just gonna be great. So um, tune in. I know we had some people who requested, we did a survey. Some people were requesting more topics on how God speaks. There you go. You're welcome. Uh, you know, pray, prayer answered. There you go. So Monday, 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time with Jennifer Martin. It's going to be great. Um, also, just a reminder to everybody, go to the, what is it called? Revival in the USA page. Go join it. Let's help Karen get the word out <laughs> about all the different revivals happening. Many hands make light work, okay? We want to rally behind that. It's going to be a great resource. So join that and chime in yourself, share it with people you think would also like to join it. Um, let's really help her out. The link to that is in the description, whether it's Rumble, Facebook, YouTube, just open the description, go down to the stuff we talked about, click on the link to buy Harmony's book, and then just below that, click the link to join the Facebook page, all right? If you really wanna help Karen out, this is gonna be great. So go do that. God bless you guys. Join us on Monday, 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. It's going down in Chinatown with Jennifer Martin. Okay, love you guys. Bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. 
For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. Thank you.